to the Geeking Poetic Podcast channel. On this channel, we have shows and segments that contain adult humor, bad language, dirty jokes, and other stuff that is strictly for mature audiences only. So if you're too young or too sensitive for this kind of material, then please do not watch our channel or our videos. This channel is not for you. Thanks much. And now, on with the show! About to follow. <laughs> And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Geeking Poetic Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Roberts. Stripey down the way from me over there is none other than Vito. And then uh, this feisty little one over here, like <laughs> Evie99 would say, is none other than Megan Guess. And we are here to talk about the fourth installment of its fourth. Already. Yeah, man. Wow. Of season two of The Mandalorian. Oh yeah. Yeah. Chapter twelve, right? Yeah. So. Chapter twelve, the siege. Mm-hmm. It's all super metal. Yeah. <laughs> the siege. <laughs> and uh man, like let's just not even beat around the old Mandalorian bush with this one. What did you think of it, guys? Vito? Three words. Cutest episode ever. <laughs> Oh, okay. Cutest, huh? I did not see that coming. I didn't. I don't think I've ever heard Vito say cutest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I finally saw episode 12 of The Mandalorian season it's, two. It's called so. for it, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now is that, okay, is that a good thing or a bad thing? To me, it's it's a very good thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I think the cuteness of it wasn't like, ugh. You know what I mean? It, like, it didn't, it didn't make me, like, want to vomit. Like... <laughs> Like the child, the child did right, yeah. <laughs> later in the episode. But yeah, I thought it was like a good amount of cuteness. And then we got to like the badass the shit, badass yeah. shit, which there was a lot of it in there. What about you? I love this episode. Yeah. I was like on the edge of my seat about to pass out from <laughs> tense moments. It was amazing. You were going to throw up like the child I was going to throw up. Well. from Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I was like, oh, they, how are they going to, sorry, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> Barfing up green oh cookies. God, I can't even talk. Yeah. <laughs> it was tense. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. I, a, a true confessions time here. The first time I watched it, I was like, eh, it's okay. Like, it was not that it was bad, but I was just like, eh. You know, like, it wasn't my favorite episode by any stretch. I still think that the the last one was my favorite overall. Um, but this one definitely did push the story along majorly now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got some kind kind of sort of answers. Possibly. Maybe. Do you guys have theories about Possibly. What? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. About what yeah. we saw. Okay, I can't wait to get into that. But it definitely pushed the story along. And uh welcome return of awesome characters who I think are even more awesome now. Like I liked Grief Karga in the first season. I really liked Cara Dune in the first season. I really like what they're doing with them now. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of Grief Karga being now he's kind of like a new he's like a Lando. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. He's sort of mm-hmm. like, you know, the administrator of this facility, <laughs> you know, like like Lando and Bespin. Uh I love the idea of Cara Dune being the marshal. Yeah. This is all like they they really doubled down on season two with the whole like we're gonna make this a space western right mm-hmm. yeah you know? for sure 
No, I liked how they they kind of they softened her up and made her more badass at the same time. Right. If that makes yeah, any sense sure. at all. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I love the fact that right off the bat, you know, it starts out with her just kicking ass. Kicking walrus man ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those goddamn walrus man. Those guys are just trouble. They're just always <laughs> trouble. You've seen so little of them in the Star Wars movie universe, but every time you do, you're like, oh, these assholes. <laughs> They're like the Ferengi of the fucking Star Wars. <laughs> Seriously. They really kind of are, yeah. It's like they never learn. You're going to get more arms chopped right. off. <laughs> Stupid assholes. But, uh, yeah, it was really cool. Um, I do like this episode more after I watched it okay, a good. second time. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when you said that to me. <laughs> I was going to come through the phone. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> As, as soon as they were doing that, now put the blue wire with the red wire. Dude, I was like, this is the fucking greatest thing ever I've seen on this show so far, man. You know what's funny about that, Vito? That was very Baby Groot. Okay, yeah, I can oh, see that. Oh, it sure was. It, I so never, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. That was very Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the second movie, yeah, when mm-hmm. he's with that bomb. Yeah, I mean, this episode, before we even delve into it too much, I want to acknowledge the fact that this episode, and just like we've talked about in the previous ones, it pays a lot of homage to other things, like you pointed out to me. Yeah, we should warn you about spoilers. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, before we start getting into some of these details, if you didn't read the title, which if you didn't, what the hell's wrong with you? (laughs) But there's just tons of spoilers in this. We're going to talk about past things that happened in this episode things that we heard or think are going to come so if you don't like that stuff just turn it off turn it off and come back (laughs) and you're back okay Okay. so anyway you had pointed out that there was some really cool homages going on yeah i kept seeing indiana jones all over this Mm -hmm. one like whenever after she kicked Walrus' ass and everything, and one more stood up, she just shot it like in Indiana Jones. Yeah, like that's so cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and the whole idea of like these, you know, I need to take these back to their rightful owners. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah, it's like she should have been like these belong in a, a museum. museum. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, and then of course the whole canyon scene with the lava and everything. Yeah. Basically driving the fucking tank and slams that one. Yeah, that was great. Into the canyon wall. (laughs) Yeah, there was was a lot of Last Crusade in in this episode, (laughs) which is great. And the the gun turret and stuff like that. Right, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock, fire! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They end up going back to the uh, planet that it all kind of started on and everything where Grief Karga has now sort of helped to renovate the uh the area and stuff it's not it's not all shady and overrun with remnant stormtroopers and stuff it's like even the one place now they've turned it into a classroom which was pretty funny the idea of bringing baby baby yoda the child bringing him to a classroom That that was just funny enough. Yeah. Just seeing him sit at that desk, I was cracking <laughs> up. I was like, "Oh God, where, where is this gonna go?" Uh, but they so they end up dropping off the child at this classroom. Uh, obviously, Mando desperately needs work done on the Razor Crest. Yeah. So some human-looking guy and some person that looks like a really sore nipple ends up with, <laughs> with goggles ends up working on the Razor Crest. <laughs> well, come on, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. 
that motherfucker had a fucking nipple head, man. If I ever saw one, I was and just and you know again, bef- not to give anything away, but I mean, as soon as that person turned around, like, oh fuck you, you were like, yeah, I was like, oh, this person's no good. What are they gonna do? And they're gonna plant a bomb in there or something like that. And uh, anyway, while they're working on the Razor Crest, they decide to drop the child off at school, <laughs> which you know. I, even that, I was just kind of like, man, I, I know that Kara said she was like, oh, you know, I swear on my life, the child will be okay here. Yeah. And I'm just sort of like, well, how the fuck do you know that? I mean, so many things could happen, and he really shouldn't be leaving that child at any no, point. No, I mean, they could have tracked the Razor Crest there with him, and they could have just waited for the perfect time to blow everybody else up in the school and take them with them. Right, right. right. At the same time, though, jumping ahead a little bit, but one of the the interesting reveals in this episode is the fact that Mando reveals that he did not realize that uh, Moff Gideon was still alive. Yeah. So I think there was a little bit of that, too. I think there was a little bit of him. He could let his guard down a little bit. Yeah, mistakenly letting his guard down a little bit because he was like, well... You know, everybody, I trust these people here. I think we're good now. We drove out all the bad people. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, exactly. I don't think he realizes exactly how much his ass is still <laughs> being hunted for that child and everything. So, mm-hmm. anyway, he leaves the kid there. They go and have a talk. And then we find Mithril again, who was in the very, very <laughs> first episode of The Mandalorian, that asshole played by Horatio Sands, yeah. who's great. I yeah. love Horatio Sands. He you cracked know. me up. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He had so that. many good scenes with him in this episode. <laughs> so <man>. many. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely added to the cuteness factor. Yeah, absolutely. And just the slapstick comedy that it's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that whole he had that whole kind of like a uh, Lou Costello kind of like yeah. Abbott and Costello kind of factor. <laughs> curly or something like that <laughs> yeah ju- even just when they when mando walks in and he like pfft, yeah dude. out that he basically neck farts yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was i still can't see it on my left eye yeah <laughs> yeah that was great so find out that that guy now has been released from carbonite and he's working for uh grief carga for like the rest of his life or something right <laughs> and beyond, and beyond. Yeah. Years, yeah yeah for the yeah he's working for him to pay off debts that got him into uh got him you know captured by mando in the first place and uh we come to find out that they they there's this one last bastion of an imperial base kind of thing that's over on another side of the planet and they ask mando to help them just like get rid of it like we just want to get every trace of this imperial you know presence off this planet so that we can carry on now cuz we're on the outer rim people should in theory be leaving us alone so Mando kind of reluctantly goes and does that while the child is in class. And what does the child learn? He learns that he can force steal cookies <laughs> from another student. I'd be down for that. <laughs> so like some like mint chocolate chip cookies or something. Yeah, yeah. it was something like that. Well, they, you know, blue milk, you know, yeah, Star Wars with their blue milk stuff. So there's some kind of milk cookies. Yeah. Milk chocolate. Macaroons or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so not exactly the best lesson for the child to learn because <laughs> all, all, what do we know about the child so far? Like, he loves l- stealing food. <laughs> that's it. You know, live food, dead food, people's babies. Snacky snacks. Yeah, snacky. kids' snacky snacks. <laughs> he just steals food from everybody. 
Anyway, well, so whatever. At least he's mostly <laughs> safe and everything. They end up going out to across the dunes and stuff, and they find this base and uh, in uh, Mithril's uh, land speeder. And uh, they, they, they get there. They're trying to figure out how to get in. It takes like five seconds for Mando to realize, like... <laughs> like, hold on. Stay put. <laughs> yeah. He's like, there's something more going on here. This is not abandoned. And sure shit, that, that place is far from abandoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start basically blasting their way in because they want to get to uh, the control center so that they can basically have the lava and everything take over, take and-, over and burn the place to a crisp. Mm-hmm. I also love the little throwback thing with that control center they make Mithril go out on. That's straight up uh, Death Star from A New Hope. There's one line he said that cracked me up. He goes, there's there's no guardrail on this thing. (laughs) Dude, I was laughing so much that I didn't hear what they said for the next like two minutes because I couldn't (laughs) stop laughing. Just the way he said it and his delivery was just perfect. (laughs) Well, and it's great that he did that because that's, always like like running joke that's always been a running (laughs) joke yeah because when people are like why wasn't there a guardrail on that thing when obi-wan had to go out on that like who designed this fucking death star like they're taking the name of that place real literally like you know you want to go and turn the you know have to imagine being a maintenance man on the death star it's like oh yeah we're having problems with that tractor beam it's like motherfucker like really i gotta go out on that thing again Um, they blast their way into the building and stuff, and uh, they come to find out that they are not in a normal military kind of installation here. This is a laboratory, and they see some weird floating-in-the-water motherfuckers in the walls. <laughs> now, what's your theories about what that was? An homage to Independence Day. <laughs> oh yeah well it was yeah that's another it, yeah it's funny <laughs> i didn't even think about that uh-uh. i think that they're trying to create some kind of super soldier using the dna of the child which is kind of foreshadowed i believe at the very end of this of the episode mm-hmm. so i think those are connected um i was seeing something that connect connects this scene yeah to the second set of trilogies yeah, okay. the, the sequels, the right? The sequels, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think I'm where, on track with you. Yeah, where one of them looked an awful lot like Snoke. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I almost said Snope. Snoke. Snoke, yeah. Because <laughs> he talks like he you know, got put in a clone body. To, and like if you see it, when he they introduce him, he's got this whole container of more bodies available oh. to him. So I think one oh. of them at least. Yeah, because the because the sequels happens after this, right? So this could be like how he the emperor back. and stuff was like, doing that. I made Snoke. Right, right. I so see. they literally made Snoke. Mm. Yeah, that Snoke was just a clone, like a, a clone w- made with midi chlorians mm-hmm. and oh. clone body flesh of some sort. Yep. It could explain why he's so weird, test tube baby looking. <laughs> yeah, because I mentioned that they're hairless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Creepy looking people. Right. So Maybe. I think I, I think you're both right. I think what they saw in that wall, I definitely think there's some connection to the whole Snoke thing with that. But I also think that there's more to it. Like I think that they are trying to create some kind of super soldiers. Super soldiers. But yeah, that was that was a big reveal. And during that scene is also when after they see the uh they see the message, uh the holographic message from Dr. Pershing. They come to realize that 
Moff Gideon is still alive, which means y'all are in bad danger. <laughs> I mean, he's like, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. And he does too. So they finally he hauls g- ass out of there. <laughs> he does. He hauls ass out of there. And it was like, and at first I was like a little put off. Yeah. Where the fuck's he going? Because he he battled his way out of there and never rendezvous with the rest of them. He ends up leaving Kara and Grief and Mithril to basically blast their way out. They come across a badass Imperial troop transport, yeah. which you know I'm all about. <laughs> I was like, yeah, when, when I loved when Mithra was like, man, do you know how much this is worth on the on the black market? And I was like, like, I do. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I was like, I do. I talked about how much that thing is worth on one of my one of my toyetic episodes. <laughs> Especially if it's the JCPenney exclusive version. <laughs> um so yeah, so they they go and they jump in that and hightail it out of there. I let both times i don't know why i just thought it was so funny both times i watched the episode i laughed out loud when that that transport totally crushed that land speeder (laughs) god that was amazing especially after mithril was like earlier was all why he was like i don't don't know how i feel about leaving my speeder out here man (laughs) hope it's gonna be okay and then later crush he's like wait wait was that my speeder (laughs) throws him to the floor yep that was amazing it's like that that was just yeah there was some really great humor in this episode going going back a little bit them blasting their way out i loved how mithril they were like shooting their way out and everything and everything was done. He kind of pops out. He's like, oh, oh, it's over. Okay. I'm going to run now. Yeah. Dude, you're hiding the whole time. And every now and then you're just popping your head off and you're like shooting one shot, random shot yeah. and doing nothing. Yeah. No, yeah. that or, was Or great. whenever um, Cara Dune goes and gets the transporter and turn it yeah. on or where they're shooting and he pops up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he keeps like just popping up and down, up and down. I was dying, like a whack a mole. So funny, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was great. I loved him in this. Yeah, and then probably my favorite sequence in the whole episode is then that very Last Crusade whole thing where they're being pursued by the biker scouts and then later the Tie Fighters Mm -hmm. through that canyon in that troop transport. Yeah. So like that whole sequence, I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> like yeah, I like this." You know? I love seeing them take off because they like collapse their their the side wings. panels, and That's then yeah, that was awesome. awesome. Yeah. That so is cool. super awesome. Yeah, that sequence was extremely tense, very intense. Do you think that? It, I love the fact that you think like, "Oh, they, got away. they got away," yep. and then it and gets nope. even worse. <laughs> she, Cara Dune, like <clears throat> hears it. She's like, "Oh, fuck! I know yeah. what that is." <laughs> and the whole time I'm watching it, going, I'm like. Well, I'm expecting like Mando's going to come in the canyon and like up behind him and stuff, but he doesn't. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Where did this guy go? And then finally, literally at the last moment, here comes Mando, not only him, but in the Razor Crest with the child. (laughs) The child is having a ball. (laughs) He's got his arms up in the air and he's like, woo! <laughs> you know, yeehaw, right? <laughs> Pulling a Megan, woohoo, right? <laughs> Your thing. Um, Not to throw back to Independence Day, yeah. actually. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so, and at, and again, at first, I was like, oh, well, that's cool that he went and got the Razor Crest, but like, man, you you really left a lot to chance there by leaving them, you know, trusting that they'd be okay. But the more I thought about it, well, they did tell him, "Hey, listen, jetpack out of here because you're quicker, and we'll just rendezvous." Rendezvous. rendezvous with yeah. You well, he waited till the last minute yeah, to rendezvous. Did, but <laughs> the more I thought about it, I realized that 
it made sense for him to do that because I think as soon as he heard about Moff Gideon, he was like, I got to get the fuck out of here and go get the child. Yeah. I think that was his like number one thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have to go get the child. He is not safe. Not even eating cookies in that school. (laughs) I got to go pick him up. So I kind of was like, oh, okay, I get it. That's he had to go back. And because because even that, too, I was like, why would he have the child with him to go into this battle? You know, I'm like, but. It was because he was like, I'm, I'll, I'm saving number one. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I'm saving your asses, and I got to get the hell out of yeah. Dodge, you know, which is exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. That scene at the end when he's coming up in the Razor Crest against that last Tie Fighter man, and, and they're just nose to nose, man. And that, what a beautiful scene that is! It's so well done. That's what I'm saying. In a TV show, they're doing stuff in this show that just outdoes things they've ever done in the movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, I expected and hoped the Mandalorian was going to be really cool. I expected it was going to be great. I didn't expect it to be like, this is like the new standard for Star Wars. Like if they ever do another movie, like they're really going to have to work hard to try and upstage this or match it. So, I mean, if they do ever decide to do a movie, whether it's a Mandalorian movie or just another Star Wars movie, like an actual theatrical movie thing, which I'm sure they're going to do. They really better step up their game and understand that they can't just throw out some Ryan Johnson (laughs) bullshit. You know, I like Ryan Johnson. I have nothing against Ryan Johnson, but it just like that wasn't Star Wars enough for most people. You know, mm-hmm. I, they, they got to make it more like this, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy the Mandalorian show more than I enjoyed the, Three newest movies. movies that we want to go see. Yeah, you know? I agree. I now I get why people said this isn't Star Wars. When they were watching now the sequels, I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I still, I still enjoyed them. Yeah, they were cool, but they weren't. This they weren't cool. this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I get it now. Well, and the other thing that's really cool about the Mandalorian, uh, I brought this up in the last episode too, because in the last episode there was so much uh, referencing for the animated series yeah rebels especially clone wars and all that stuff and it's bringing that now more tightly into Mm -hmm. the live action universe and now if we're right about things like the snoke theory and all that and where it's going with that i feel like now this may be tying in a little bit more tightly the uh, sequels, the mm-hmm. yeah, the whole the whole Force Awakens series, I call it. You right. know, uh, the the J.J. Abrams series. <laughs> uh, I feel like in some ways that that was like both too far removed and too oddly connected. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like to suddenly have people seeing Leia and Han and Luke and these characters and being so old and so different and so kind of not that important, I guess, was really jarring for a lot of old fans mm-hmm. that were like, oh, you give us like Han and Leia and stuff, but this is what we get. Like you give us Luke and he's acting like that, you know, plus then you're giving us these new characters, but you're not really investing in them either the way you ought to be. You know, I mean, Finn, they screwed Finn, you know, bad. Poe Dameron, like yeah. they had yeah. created all these great characters and then you just kind of, eh, you know. Sort of just flopped it <laughs> limply on the table, you know, <laughs> like plump. But I mean, hopefully, maybe 
this series will help to sort of tighten it all up a little bit. Here's your opportunity to make something a little bit more cohesive out of it. Right. Bridge it all together. I mean, they exist, but at best, what hopefully they'll do is, like I said, maybe with these series, these shows, they can go, all right. Let's introduce some more backstory elements and things that then if people go and watch The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and stuff, they might might understand it. (laughs) Right, right. And it might go, oh, okay, cool. Like, I totally get why that happened or why that character exists the way he does because I saw on The Mandalorian when he started out like this or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully... That's what we get out of this. And I mean, and there's still so many things to be explained. Ahsoka Tano is still coming yet. Yeah. Uh, the Jedi that Mando is looking for. Boba Fett is still a force to be reckoned with because we're all basically under the impression that Boba Fett, that's Boba Fett. He's coming back. You know, I got the man right here. <laughs> Boba Fett is coming back. So I just, yeah, I'm really curious to see where it goes. Meanwhile, I mean, where do you guys see it going in the next episode? I have no idea. You're going to have to explain to me these soldiers. Well, that's, yeah. We leave off on the very, very last scene when we see uh, Moff Gideon is standing there in a hallway with a bunch of troopers Mm -hmm. that I believe are supposed to be dark troopers. Now, dark troopers exist in the Star Wars canon. And they're fucking cool, man. See, I was calling them death troopers in my head. Well, there, but there are death troopers. Oh, okay. there's shadow troopers. There's troopers of it. There's there's fucking pooper troopers. There's there's every kind of thing you could put before trooper. They have you know super duper pooper troopers. There's I'll say that five times fast. Um, there's there's all kinds. There is like death troopers and shadow okay. troopers and all that kind of stuff. Sand troopers, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, th- I believe these are supposed to be these dark trooper guys. Okay. And um, yeah, they're like super soldiers. They're like enhanced, genetically enhanced uh, super see. soldier kind of things. But the question is, so those, so again, it's always the art of misdirection. Um are, I know they have these, if they are dark troopers and everything, they have those in there. That isn't necessarily what that place was all about. Like if people are going, oh yeah, they want they want the child's DNA and stuff so they can make all these dark troopers. And it's like, mm, no, not necessarily. Yeah, I didn't get that. I like, didn't put that together. I, I just thought these were troopers that are going to go in and be like... Badass. Like bulldozers. Yes, that's exactly and what dark troopers are. And make room for these clone jedi fucks yeah it's gonna come fuck everything up that's how i interpreted it. some clone jedi fuckery (laughs) yeah exactly that yeah and that's what i think it is i think that it's too i i think that facility is just a place where they just make i think they just make all sorts of bodies yeah exactly (laughs) they make they make dark troopers there they make big old uh, boss baby head snow clones there floating in the water and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think they do that, but I am pretty excited to see Dark Troopers in the live because that's more like an animated and comic booky thing, I you see. know, those Dark Troopers. And I thought it was interesting, the whole thing with the, uh, the X-Wing officer sort of kind of saying to Cara Dune, like, we could really use you, yeah. you know, we could use your help. And, you know, I fought on Alderaan too and... Like, I'm curious to see where that's going, you know? Yeah. Because, okay, I was going to ask you about that as well. Because, again, I may have this completely mixed up like I do everything else. But (laughs) 
he was saying like the the outer rim and stuff like that, yeah. and the core planets aren't taking it really seriously and everything. But isn't it in the beginning of the one movie they get obliterated because they didn't take it seriously? Well, I mean, yeah, of, of the new sequels. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the Outer Rim planets is they're, like I've said before, people always assume that everything in the Star Wars universe, all the different planets, like they're all like right next to each other, you know, kind of right. like Kansas and Arkansas and Texas. And it's not, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Outer Rim planets are very far removed. So that's why it's not unheard of for people on Tatooine or any of these other planets to have no clue about a Jedi or no clue what the what the child is because mm-hmm. you know where you're sitting there going wait a minute Yoda was like the most famous Jedi of them all and he served on the council and it was you know everybody on Coruscant and Alderaan and all this stuff knows who Yoda is well that's very far removed from these planets so I think that the problem is is like yeah there's a lot of denial there's a lot of like separatist mindset amongst the people in on the outer rim where they're just sort of like well like Grief Cargus says in the, early in the episode is saying that you know uh, the Republic needs to just stop worrying about what's going on and keep their nose out of our business out of here. We're so remote, you know. <laughs> Same thing happens on this planet. We're only a thousand miles away from people that think like that, too. So it's like, it's not right that far removed to believe that that would happen in the, yeah, in the solar it's system. It's not at all. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, I was just wondering if it was like like a foreshadowing of what's to come. Absolutely. When these new movies come out. Absolutely. Sequels. Well, absolutely. Yeah, because they didn't take it seriously, so then they were really surprised when shit showed up. Well, and and I mean, for example, everybody right now in these Outer Rim planets especially are sort of still basking in the afterglow of the fall of Vader and the Emperor. You know, this is only several years after the end of the, mm-hmm. the second Death Star. Mm-hmm. So they think like, oh, we're all good. Yeah, there's some little asshole factions of of Imperial remnant stormtroopers and moths and stuff running around trying to still boss this around. But ah, fuck them, you know, they're not a big threat. Not understanding what's actually being built up that we now find out by the time The Force Awakens starts, like they're a serious threat again. Maybe worse than they were the first time, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, and that's why I'm saying I think that we're going to get a lot of tying together, bridging that gap mm-hmm. between Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi and have and then bringing in the influence from Clone Wars, Rebels, all that stuff. And man, knock on wood, if if Mandalorian continues the way it's continuing, it's going to be beautiful. Like it could really, really just have it all equally make sense and be important yeah that'd be pretty epic is it possible that this moff gideon guy could have uh, do you know how like long he's been in the imperial squad don't know anything about him because what if there was like a separate section section like section kind of like hydra where they're still operating under the guise that this new regime isn't going to last forever so what if we start our own thing underneath so by the time that they fall we can come in and take power utilizing some of the resources that they already have in place, you know? Right. Well, I think that that's kind of, I think that's kind of the idea. I mean, we even get that in The Force Awakens when you're supposed to be thinking that, like, yeah, it's like different people that are trying to bring back the glory of the Empire and all that kind of stuff, but you get the impression, like, they don't even, even they don't know that the Emperor is still around and Mm -hmm. pulling the strings, you know? That's why there's like some people that are very much following behind Kylo Ren, 
But then there's a bunch of them that are like, this guy's a chump. We're going to do like our own thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think that we're going to get more answers. I definitely think Moff Gideon is working closely more in conjunction with the emperor maybe we'll find out because we never really get explained where the hell the emperor had been all that time <laughs> like oh he survived okay <laughs> oh he's been building up all this army you know army of you know more of these clones and various things and the knights of ren and all this like where did this come from so i really do hope that they touch at least enough on this and the mandalorian to have it all tie together that would be great. It won't necessarily make you love the sequels anymore, but at least it would be nice to have it all just tie together a lot more nicely in the same context that for a lot of people, the Clone Wars and Rebels TV shows have made some people appreciate the prequels a lot more. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't appreciate the prequels that much until they watched those shows and then they were like, oh... Okay, yeah, like I really get the whole thing about the clones and stuff now and and you know the build up of stuff. It didn't it doesn't feel as abrupt and weird and kooky anymore mm-hmm. and everything. Some people I know like I said like like our buddy Mike, you know, that that that's like his favorite stuff mm-hmm. now is that Clone Wars Rebels type stuff, you know. Yeah. So hopefully Mandalorian is going to do the same thing. Time will tell her favorite saying (laughs) and uh on that i think that's it Mm -hmm. we will be back to talk about uh chapter 13 i don't think we even know bankruptcy (laughs) (laughs) every time you know oh my gosh peter francis deracy man he's like ingrained in my head i can't get away from those info tapes oh man here we go with more infomercials Dial up 222-2222. Yeah, exactly. Just call up our drummer. He's a paralegal. He'll help you out. Oh, Gary's going to be our drummer. Gary's going to be like, please don't mention me at all because he hates Star Wars. But all right, folks, we will be back soon. Uh, we hope everybody's doing well and having, uh, you know, a safe holiday if you're in the areas where the, these holidays are happening or whatever you know end of the year we're trying we're trying to get to the end of the year i know 2021 <laughs> isn't so looking close isn't looking great either but we we just still need to to we need to turn that corner you know so, baby steps yeah, yeah. exact baby childs baby yoda <laughs> steps yeah and uh just hopefully we don't vomit all over ourselves like like the child just finish the year eating everything possible <laughs> yeah and then get spun around like mando did to him <laughs> Perfect. all up. Yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway. All right. See you, everybody. Adios. Bye.